learn, innovate, news, knowledge, your link to global supply chain intelligence. Hosted by Food Logistics and Supply and Demand Chain Executive, I'm Alexis mazel pleasant Managing Editor here, sitting down with Frank Dryshoff, Vice President of Supply Chain Solutions at R2 Logistics. Today we're going to talk continuous improvement in the supply chain. Let's get into it. So now we're going to move over to continuous improvement in the supply chain. We know that data plays a key role in logistics, especially today. Can you explain how R2 Logistics is utilizing data to make decisions? Certainly. So we look at a bunch of different uh, data streams in order to help us not only plan our our business, um, plan for resources, uh, as we project out as to what the future might look like, but also to be proactive in support of our customers. And here's what I mean by that. Um, when, when 2020 hit and we saw, for instance, uh, how governments worldwide were reacting to COVID and, of course, China's zero COVID policy and whatnot, uh, as we started looking at import-export data, as we started looking at uh, the number of customers that were uh, moving manufacturing operations out of China to places like, say, Mexico or Indonesia or even Vietnam. Um, and then we took a look at our domestic customer base um, and their patterns of shipping and whatnot. We had a pretty good understanding very quickly of which of our customers were going to need um, additional resources and where to allocate those resources internally because we were looking at that data. The reality is, is in, well, it's now 2023, I was about to say 2022, but in 2023, everybody has significantly more access to data than we ever had in the past. And that's both a good and a bad thing. It's good because it speeds up decision-making within organizations and allows people to, act, to react rationally to the market. The bad is, is sometimes you get just about everybody making the exact same rational decision at the same time, which leads to further downstream consequences. So, uh, you know, being cognizant of all those factors allow us, especially, you know, on our, um, our executive side to make sure that we have enough resources allocated in order to support the business and support our customers. And talking about data, how does supply chain visibility using that data help your clients? Absolutely. So, you know, we have customers, you know, all across the U.S. that rely on visibility, real-time tracking, uh, milestone updates, you name it, in order to plan their business, whether it's planning their receiving warehouse labor, um, their shipping labor, whether it's inventory in transit um, because they operate in a JIT environment, uh, all of those things are very, very important in running a modern supply chain. We no longer live in the time where, you know, you can have safety stock, you know, on hand that, that's going to cover manufacturing for months. That's just not a reality. Um, sadly, right now it's it's getting better. But for the last couple of years, we've lived in an environment where it's essentially one, you know, one fire drill to the next fire drill. Um, so having visibility to to product as it's shipping, especially expedited product, becomes very, very important. Absolutely. So it seems that data can play 
a big role in solving those kinds of problems, especially the ones that have arose from COVID and subsequent issues within the supply chain. What type of evolution have you seen in data over the past few years, and has it influenced the way you use data today? Absolutely. So we've seen a lot of change. You know, the the base foundational data is all pretty much the same. You know, it's origin, destination, weight, freight class, all those sorts of things. The reality is, though, is we still see a shocking number of shippers that have absolutely no idea uh, what they spend their freight dollars on. Uh, quick, quick little, you know, for example, I was speaking with the C- CFO of a company not too long ago, and I was asking him about his transportation spend. I said, you know, about how much do you spend on transportation? He said, about $20 million. I said, how much of that is inbound versus outbound versus interplant? You know, I, I really don't know. I said, well, let me see if I understand this correctly. You're about a $400 million company. You're spending around $20 million a year on transportation, and you don't know what you're spending it on. Doesn't that bother you? And he said, well, now that you bring it up, yeah, it really does. And that's just the reality of the situation is transportation tends to be one of those hidden costs that just doesn't get the focus on the P&L that it really should. Now, what we try to do is we try to shine a giant bright light on that transportation spend, because in doing so, we find inaccuracies in billing. We find accessorials that they shouldn't be paying or could be negotiated away. We, you know, we find um, inaccuracies in in freight class and in the sort, all of which add up over time to some pretty significant dollars. So. It's not that the data never existed. It's that we're now capturing data and slicing and dicing it in a way that allows for decisions to be made very quickly. And that allows us to get rid of waste in the supply chain at a much faster rate than we ever could in the past. Absolutely. And I'm sure that as our progression within technology and being able to get this data I'm sure the future holds different things. Who knows? We can never tell the future. I wish we could. We would have seen a lot of things coming. Um, but how do you think, or what do you think the future holds as far as further improvements use, utilizing data within the supply chain? Well, you know, I, I, I'm not a futurist. Um, however, you know, certainly the next decade or so, we're going to see some monumental shifts in global supply chains. You know, for the last, call it 25 years, China has been the world's manufacturer. Um, with the growing development of 3D printing uh, that and in recent movements of reshoring back to the United States, some of that international trade could trade can change pretty dramatically. Uh, with uh, autonomous vehicles on the horizon that can change the entire trucking landscape. And when it, when it starts to do that, it'll do it almost overnight. When that stuff will be ready, who knows? I have, I have no idea, but certainly it'll happen inside of our lifetimes and probably sooner rather than later. All of those factors along with, you know, intelligent computing, uh, you know, AI, uh, machine learning and so forth leads to a sort of revolution, not just in 
data capture and reporting, but in the in the manufacturing structure of the global economy itself. Sure. So I think ultimately, I think we can kind of agree that technology is going to just continue to boom from here. I hope it brings more improvement to the supply chain. Do you have any perspective on those changes, how they might influence, you know, working employees? I mean, who knows, really? But do you have any perspective on that? Well, a long time ago, somebody once somebody said, um, the only constant in business is change, right? So we will for sure see changes in the marketplace. What those changes look like, I don't rightly know. The reality is, though, is that uh, if you're focused on the customer, if your desire is to provide great service uh, at a reasonable price, um, if you're if you're focused on uh, solving problems and creating solutions. Uh, there's going to be a place for you in the global economy. What what that what the nature of work itself is going to look like, who knows? We're already seeing a a fairly you know fairly constant um, uh, move towards say work from home. Um, we're seeing uh, you know office spaces not utilized as much as they were in the past, um, and there's there's good and bad to both of those. But the reality is, is the workspace is changing, the global manufacturing markets are changing, and because of that, supply chains are going to have to change as well. And thank you, Frank, for sitting down with us today for our part two of our three-part series with R2 Logistics. You can find the subsequent episode on supplydemandchainexecutive.com as well as foodlogistics.com.